On today's podcast, we're joined by Dr. Jeffrey West, and we're discussing how to improve your health with high-quality supplements. Welcome to the podcast, Jeff. Awesome. It's a pleasure to be here. My name is Dr. Jeff West. I am a chiropractor by trade, born and raised in Pittsburgh. My dad was the first uh, person in the family to go to college. He did it on a, on a football scholarship. Nice. And got his master's degree. My mom was absolutely beautiful. They're, they've both since passed, so I just want to bring them up as to who I am and why I am. Mom taught me how to communicate because dad that certainly didn't, you know, one of those tough football guys. Right. And I care for people. So I noticed quickly when I was a young kid, I didn't fit. I didn't fit in this, to this world. I didn't belong here. It just was a, a very unique experience. Uh, number one, I'm left-handed. Uh, I was definitely the oddball out when it came to that. And I, and I had problems growing up. I, I felt bad for kids that got abused by their family, kids that okay. got picked on. I mean, it really struck me hard. And I used to go around, especially at home and uh, very rarely at school because I would get picked on. But I used to go around at home and just say, I'm going to change the world. I don't like this place. I can't handle it. I got to go change the world. So that was sort of my, I now know that's my God-given purpose to be here, that I had to do something to nice. change the world. Yeah, it was awesome. My mom, she encouraged that, which was awesome because most parents will tell you you're silly and stupid. Why you right. like dreaming like that? But my mom yeah. encouraged it. And my dad just said, hey. Kid, if you want to go change the world and get outside and start running, you got to get in shape. <laughs> so dad pushed me hard because he was the athlete. Uh, I'm 53 now. I've got a work ethic that is unmatched by anybody. I can see 80 to 100 patients in a day and wow. just keep on cranking. I travel on an airplane twice a week because I have a clinic in Delaware, a clinic here in, in the Tampa region. Uh, I did it all throughout the pandemic and everything else. So my parents were awesome. They really helped put me on a certain path and encouraged me. When I was 16, they sat me down and I thought it was going to be the sex talk, right? Right. <laughs> uh, to my surprise, my dad said, son, you're going to go out into the real world pretty soon. So I want you just to take one thing from your mom and I, and that's to question everything. And I was a little bit surprised by that. And I went, of course, being the ornery kid that I was, I said, does that include you and mom? <laughs> and my dad just went, oh, God, this kid. Yeah, it includes your mother and I. And I said, thanks. I just want to make sure this is a principle. <laughs> not an opinion. And so I went off into college uh, originally to be an engineer. And I loved engineering for the fact that number one, Top Gun came out. So I wanted to design airplanes, right? right on. Jet fighters, because that was yep. amazing to me. Engineers are taught the scientific method. Now, this is extremely important in healthcare. The scientific method finds things that work. It finds workable technology, not failing technology, workable technology. Right. So they build a building to stay up. A plane to stay in the air. Yeah, some do crash, but 99.9% .9 of them stay up in the air. That's my dog in the background, probably All good. go out, but he's awesome. So the scientific method is what I really liked about engineering. But when I interviewed the engineers that were 45 and 50, they all were, uh, no offense to engineers, love all you guys, but they were all, all the ones I met were bald, chubby, with glasses, <laughs> Right. And didn't seem too happy. They liked what they did, but they didn't seem to be the healthiest people in the world. And I came from an elite athlete dad, and my mom worked in the GNC store in the 1970s when wow. it started. So we got carob for Christmas, not chocolate, right? <laughs> that was my childhood. Wild, crazy, and uh, we were just totally different from everybody, but it was kind of cool. So I ended up going into biology, looking for my path. And in biology on day one, they talked about the scientific method. Now, biology is the study of life and living things. Right. And the scientific method applies. Now, here's real simple. You get a, a uh, Great Lakes, right? Used to have fish that would wash up on shore with tumors. 
right. cancers. Now, biologists don't take the fish out, take it to a hospital, you know, cut out the cancer, treat it with chemotherapy and throw it back in the water because it doesn't work. Right. What they realize is it's simple. The water's toxic. Let's clean the toxicity up. When they do that, the fish rebound and everything starts to heal back up and nature yeah. comes back to life again. That's biology, finding workable technology. Ended up wanting to get into healthcare because my dad was an athlete. I was groomed to be an athlete because I had those tendencies. And I played four sports in Pittsburgh. You play football and then every other sport to stay in shape for football. Right. So I played four sports, got injured like crazy, ended up always going to see the chiropractor, got a result, never really got the result from the, the meds, the injections, the, the heating packs and things like that, that you would get from the, the trainers and, and the medical professionals. So I ended up going into chiropractic and, uh, you know, really loved what I was doing for there. I felt like I was on my purpose. I was looking to help other people nice. make a difference in people's lives, change the world. And I found a lot of that there. When I got into practice and I started in Delaware in 1996, and I started to go to seminars and meet the PhDs and the MDs and the Kairos and talk to the attorneys and everything else, everybody basically told me, no, 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 the scientific method doesn't work for people because they're too variable. And I went, okay. wait a second. Now I got to question everything thanks to mom and dad. Right. And I looked at that and I went, well, the biology says it is there for life and living things. And aren't we life and living things? Yeah. So I would question that and people would just think I was crazy. And I just figured, well, I'm going to find something that works. Third year into practice, these went bad. My hands started to go numb, burning, uh, shooting pain into my elbows every time I pushed down on a patient, hmm. which could be hundreds, if not thousands of times a day. It was complete wow. misery. So the practice, three years, I was building a practice and then one month it shot down. Because uh, I, I wasn't there. I mean, it hurt like hell. Uh, patients were always laying face down, so they didn't see it. And I kept it to myself. But it was, I hurt like hell. And I spent six months with ice packs wrapped on my wrists every night going on, if you remember, dial-up internet yeah. on AOL, looking for solutions. And I found an email one night that said, there's a technique that is based off the scientific method. It corrects posture. By correcting posture, it gets rid of pain. It, it opens up the rib cage to affect the, the capacity of the lungs. The heart is inside there. The, di the, the diaphragm and the esophagus are in there. So it affects so many conditions of the body. So I, with the ice packs on, sent a message, please send me information. I got pinged with a instant message. If you remember those, you've got yep. mail or you instant message. It pinged me and he said, I, I see you're in Delaware. I'll be in Cherry Hill, New Jersey the next day. Why don't you come up? I had some free time that morning. So I went up on a Thursday. I walk in. The guy says, are you Jeff? I'm like, yeah, I'm Jesse. Come here. And he starts doing his spiel to 14 other Kairos that were in the room. Starts pulling my head one way, hit me in the chest, doing all these things that I was looking for the door. Because it just <laughs> was so bizarre to get treated this way. He finished up and then he asked me how my hands were. And all I could tell was I was completely upright going, wait a second, my hands don't hurt. What did you just do to me? I was completely perplexed because it was nothing like I had studied in, in my eight years of college. And he just told me, you know, I'm going to tell you, you're going to get results with 99% of your patients if you do what I tell you. And I just went, this guy can do something nobody else can. I'm going to pick his brain till it bleeds. And that's what I did. I ended up building a practice of correcting posture because it works. 
and it doesn't work on fractures, tumors, or infections, but it works on everybody else, okay. which is 99% of the population. So I built yeah. an entire practice and life took back off again. So I went three years, bam, and then went even higher after that, got my own body fixed. Good for you. Started off on a path of discovering things that work in healthcare, even though so many people would tell me, too variable. 206 bones in 99.99% of people. That does not vary. Their alignment right. has a certain way it should be. It should function a certain way. There are ways to find out based on those things that don't vary. But okay. everybody's still, even to this day, because I preach this message and people will call us up, talk to my managers and say, does the doctor realize that the human being is too variable? And they just <laughs> laugh and give them my spiel. 206 bones does not vary. There is a way to find workable technology. But I mean, this is a bold statement. The entire healthcare system does not agree with me, right? Surgery, well, does surgery work on everybody? No, absolutely no. not. I would argue no. that, that we don't have healthcare. We have sick care. Exactly. So we have surgery that doesn't work on everybody. Now here in the scientific method, you test the theory. If it works 10 times out of 10, you keep testing, but refine it to try to make it as good as you can. If it fails one time out of 10, you don't vote on it. You don't discuss it. You kick it out and you start over. Right. That's the scientific method. Now in surgery, it gets great results sometimes. Mm -hmm. It fails miserably sometimes. Sure does. And it does nothing sometimes. That fails the scientific method. That should have been thrown out a long time ago. But in healthcare, they vote on it. They vote on on mental disorders and diseases. The whole manual is voted on. There's nothing right. scientific about it. No medication works 100% of the time. They have side effects. That means they don't work. It should yes. be thrown out. When I was in my three years of, with this questioning everything mindset, when I was in three year, first three years of practice, I saw a whole bunch of doctors together at a holiday party in a big circle. They were the ones in my age bracket now, all the ones in their, their, their 40s and 50s and 60s. Okay. And I overheard one of them say, no matter what you do, 80% of people get better. And they all nodded their head, like in agreement. And I stuck my head in there at a 29-year-old, wild, crazy Pittsburgh kid that I was. And I said, what do you do with the 20% who don't? And they all looked around at each other and they said, well, we refer it to another doctor. And in that group was chiros, medical doctors, orthopedists, physiatrists, all the different people that they refer back and forth to. That's why they were all at the holiday party. And I said, what do you mean to each other? You refer to each other? And they, they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, you all just agreed that no matter what you do, 80% of people get better, but 20% still don't. Right. So what do you do about the 20%? And they all looked confused and befuddled. And then one guy said, get out of here, kid. And I left <laughs> that group saying, don't worry about it. I'll leave, but I'm going to figure out that 20%. And I have. So fast forward to 2008, we, my business partner and I expanded to a second clinic. We were kicking butt. I, I had met the girl of my dreams, beautiful Polish gal, which I can tell a story about what's going on in the world today based on her experience growing up in communism for the first 14 years of her life. But we'll get to that later. Okay. Uh, beautiful gal. We had our first kid on the way, expanded to a second practice. I, uh, my team got me to do a triathlon for the first time because I've been an athlete my whole life. I just had to get a bike and nice. learn how to ride a bike and everything. So um, everything was kicking butt in 2008. I'm on a bike and your hands are in front of you and it's just you and the road and your arms. That's all you can see. 
And I had a mole on my left arm that started to get a little bit irritated and bigger. Now I was out in the sun for hours on weekends, just cause that's the only time, you know, I could train gotcha. and everything. So I figured, let me get the triathlon done. I'll go get this checked out. Now I studied cancer. My mom had cancer. I studied it when I was in college, didn't look like it. So I went ahead and did the triathlon, fell in love with those things. I mean, it was just because it's such a feat of effort in three different sports for sure. combined into one. So, man, that makes you tough, I tell you. So, so Sounds a lot like our uh, mutual friend, Don Mann. Just kept yeah, looking yeah. for a bigger and bigger challenge. Exactly. Don's an incredible guy. Yeah, sure I'm is. actually going to be flying out to his place to do some work with him later on this year, which I'm oh, excited cool. about. Right on. Yeah, just cool stuff happening. So 2008, I... I go do this triathlon, fall in love with it. Life is kicking, but I go down to Florida to take a little break and vacation before coming back for the, the spring season and the baby on board and everything else that was about to happen. And my business partner calls me up and says, I'm done. I'm out. And I went, what? We have two clinics. We're just kicking butt. You want out and everything. So whatever, I can handle that. So I started to handle all that stuff, flew back, weird situation, but I figured, you know what, let me go to my buddy who's a, who I used to work with a medical doctor and check out my mole. So I went to see him. He said, let's look at this mole. It doesn't look like cancer. And I agreed with him because I had studied it, but he said, let's mm -hmm. bevel cut the thing out, send it to a lab and I'll call you with the results. He right. called me back in two weeks and I picked up the phone and I saw that it was him. And I said, Hey Dave. And I heard nothing. And I went, uh, Dave. And then he kind of chimed in with a broken voice. He said, Jeff, I, I, I don't know how to tell you this. I'm like, what? He's like, you got stage four melanoma. Holy cow. And I went, what? <laughs> I, it wasn't cancer. We both agreed it wasn't cancer. He's like, I know, but it came back as stage four melanoma. Wow. He's like, I'm going to send it out to another lab to, to second guess it, but I'm also going to send you to some specialists. So I went to the specialists and I realized we're not in healthcare. Because <laughs> yeah. one guy never looked me in the eye. He just went, and said he was going to pull some strings for me and send me to the, the brand new Helen Graham Cancer Center in Delaware. The next guy I went to had his shirt unbuttoned down to here with his chest hair out and a big old gold chain, a beautiful marble floored clinic, making a ton of money, right? Right. And he was just selling me a bill of goods. I, I just, that's not the way I treat my patients. Yeah. So they ba basically told me that they're going to have to cut a bunch of skin off because they have to cut around the yeah, area where Get the was. margins get the margins and everything, uh, chemotherapy, find the lymph nodes it's connected to, take them all out, mm -hmm. uh, skin graft, because you know I'm a relatively thin guy, just muscular, thin guy. And I asked them a simple question. I'm like, what could, would that do? Number one, what are my odds of survival? And what will it do to my arm? Is there a chance I will lose function in the arm? And they said, yeah, there's a definite chance you'll lose some function in your arm. Now, as a Cairo, I need these. Absolutely. I'm a lefty. Yeah. Nobody's touching my left arm. This is my bread and butter as a lefty. And sure. Only lefties will understand that. And the death rate at 10 years of, of stage four malignant melanoma out of 100 people, only 10 to 15 will still be alive. At Not 10 great years. odds. Not great odds. And I went, wait a second. Scientific method says treatment should work. And you're telling me it's going to fail that greatly, 85 to 90% failure rate? and I'm probably going to lose function in my arm, I said, mm -mm, there's got to be a better way. So I nixed all of that healthcare because it wasn't healthcare. And I went right. on my own path of discovery. Crazy when that happened, my daughter was born. 
So I had business divorce, had to start over. I named the new practice Be Truly Well because that became with cancer. I had to figure out how to be truly well. Okay. Not get sick and die and things like that. Yeah. My daughter was born, amazing experience. It was our first child. Three weeks after that, I was in a 65 mile an hour head on car accident. Uh, Left me whiplashed, concussed, and I had to drive home and look at my wife and, and say, honey, <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this, but you know, uh, when it, when it rains, it pours, you know, sure and we had a brand new baby. She's holding the baby and I had to tell her I was in an accident. Uh, next day I had to go to work and push through it because that's my mindset as it is. But I had no choice at that point. I had a baby to take care of, a new mm-hmm. wife to take care of. A new business, a new practice. I think my dog needs to go outside. Come here, Coco. Come here. And um, so wild, crazy time, right? Uh, Two weeks after that, we get the IRS letter. We were being audited too. So it was like, you talk about going through absolute bliss, looking forward to the new wife, the new baby, the you know, everything going good to just four months of living hell. I ended up getting a threatened lawsuit by the business partner shortly after the IRS audit and two death notices, letters certified by the doctors that said I would die if I didn't get their treatment. And I went, I'll die if I do get their treatment. So I figured I would go on a path of discovery. So I dove right into things and trying to look for answers. Now, in my mind, cancer is fixable because the scientific method just has to find something that works. And I know that the immune system hunts down cancer cells and destroys them. Right. And 70% of the immune system is in the gut, not the bloodstream. Your skin is part of your immune system. It's a defense mechanism and a detoxifying organ. It's the largest organ of the human body. That leaves a tiny percentage of the bloodstream. Okay. Everybody focuses on the bloodstream. I went, I'm going to focus on the other side, the skin, the gut, things I can do to enhance my immune system. Okay. And as the old saying goes, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. I had a gentleman walk into my clinic. He looked at me as a rough, tough looking individual. And he said, you fixed my son from his hockey injuries. I was a junior national goalie. I got hit in the spine with a puck one day. My back's been screwed up ever since. Can you fix me? And I went, Let's get x-rays first. No fracture, no tumor, no infection. Yeah, let's start working. Started getting results quickly, and he was kind of shocked. And he's like, wow, this stuff really works. I've never found anything really ever worked. I'm like, yeah, it's supposed to be following the scientific method. He's like, that's exactly what I do. I went, what do you do? And he had a logo on his shirt, and it said probiotics for agriculture. And I went, huh. So you're following the scientific method in microbiology, which only looks at pieces and parts, three strains. Like they, I, I've had um, companies in, in Europe tell me you only need five probiotics to grow anything. I've had a PhD in Canada that says you only need 30. My scientist says, well, I've been going out into forests for 35 years every year, filling my truck up with roots because probiotics stay on the root structure. They make okay. roots grow. It's a proven fact by James White, PhD at Rutgers. Root hairs don't grow without probiotics. I'll get to that in a second. Okay. That's very important because there's a thing called glyphosate or Roundup that is USPTO certified as an antibiotic, not an herbicide. Right. Which means it's killing off the things that make the roots grow. Okay. So I started asking him about his uh, probiotics for agriculture. And he said, I've been collecting them for 35 years. I've got hundreds of millions of different strains in my probiotics. 
for agriculture. And I went, that's fascinating. Never heard that before. But if you're following the scientific method, because the forest has them all, but we think in microbiology, you only need three or you only need five or you only need 30, but there's okay. hundreds of millions of different ones. So how do they know? That's like a God complex, I call it. These people okay. think they're so damn smart that, that, that they can outdo God and they can just go, you only need these three. There's some of the top MDs saying there's only two needed for the skin. Really? Says where? Where's your evidence and where's your proof, right? Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I question cut everything. healthcare. <laughs> I cut across microbiology because uh, I'm looking for truth and questioning everything. So I started using his probiotics on our garden. Now, my daughter loves cucumbers. She's 14 now, still loves cucumbers. So we'd get a garden box because we had a small house at that point with a small backyard and a pool. Garden box, six cucumber plants and a trellis. My wife is an accountant. She would measure and weigh cucumbers every year. We would get about 90 pounds. I used probiotics, okay. all natural stuff because I don't like to use the synthetic stuff because that's not my world. I didn't grow up that way. We'd get about 90 pounds of cucumbers that would come out. I used his product one year, we doubled it. And I went, that's interesting. He said, keep Very. putting it on, it'll keep going. And so I kept putting it on. After three years, we tripled out of six plants. And it wasn't weak, sick things that you find in a supermarket. They okay. were big, thick cucumbers that were juicy, full of water, full of nutrients and everything else. He said the bricks level, the nutrient density goes off the chart in about five years. So at that point, I said, dude, you need to come into human health care because nobody in human health care thinks that you need the entire microbiome. So we need to gotcha. bring this to the people. So we started working together to find a solution. 2018, he told me to come to the lab. He said, I figured it out and I got excited. So I, I took this stuff. Uh, it was a bag full of powder. This is one of our probiotics in powder okay. for land. This is one for farming. And this is our your biotics, and it's on my logo here for okay. human healthcare. He had it in powder form. He said, "Take a small scoop, put it in water, stir it up, drink it." I did, and within seconds, my head started to tingle. I'd never okay. experienced that before, and I went, "What the heck is this stuff?" I trusted <laughs> him at that point, but I was still like, "What the heck did you just give me?" And he said, "What do you think it is? I've been around you now for eight years. What do you think it is?" based on everything I've taught you. And I said, well, it's like these microbes have some type of a Wi-Fi connection to my brain. And he said, well, you're not wrong. So let me explain that. What we have in our probiotics, both our land probiotics, we have probiotics to clean up the water. We okay. have probiotics to clean up the body. We have all strains. So the three things that we are different than the entire industry is we have all strains of probiotics. Nobody else does that. Remember I told you that some PhDs think 30 mm -hmm. is all you need. If you look right. at the local store out of the probiotics, you'll find ones that may have 50 strains. But when there's hundreds of millions of different strains in the environment, I think we should follow the laws of Mother Nature, not the dogma voted on gotcha. by the unscientific crowd in microbiology or healthcare. That's a bold mm -hmm. statement, but that's the way it actually is if you look at it. Yeah, it makes sense. So we have all strains in all of our probiotics. We have uh, freeze drying. Let's talk about that. Most probiotics are freeze dried. If you look okay. up freeze drying as an uh, as a industry, something that is done, they'll tell you it's got problems. It's not perfect. It does kill off microbes. It does wound and destroy the ferment that you had prior. 
Okay. So when you get into that industry, they count the probiotics in the liquid form where they're still alive. They freeze dry them. Okay. And the people that make the freeze dryers tell you that it is not perfect technology, which means it has failed the scientific method, should have been thrown out a long time ago. But people vote on things now, not right. tests like you're right. supposed to, right? So we know that it's a problem because in agriculture, you have to make a lot of probiotics to put on a field, to put on thousands of acres. Sure. So we had to figure out a way, if you ship it in liquid, liquid is fragile. It, sometimes you have to refrigerate it in a certain range to keep it alive. Certain probiotic liquids can't be frozen in the wintertime, so you can't ship it in the wintertime. Okay. This is my boy here. <laughs> <laughs> right He's awesome. Say hi to the camera, buddy. Oh, yeah. that's great. Awesome. We love dogs. So, yeah, dogs are awesome. This guy is just phenomenal. He loves to hunt and everything else. But so, freeze-drying so is, is not good for agricultural means because it kills off things. So nobody uses freeze-dried for agriculture. It just okay. doesn't stay alive. Gotcha. Liquid is used, but it's very fragile and expensive to ship because it's heavy. So we figured out a way, uh, tinkering, to use pressure, varying pressure through different tubes. Okay. We sometimes would get a congealed gooey mix, all right? Water would come out of it and it would get gooey. Sometimes we would get something as hard as a rock, which is fascinating to the crowd of, of uh, your crowd, because we've tried to put a bullet through this stuff and it bounces off. We've tried to saw it, it won't saw, and we've tried to no drill kidding. press it and it won't drill. So we have that technology. We just haven't got it into the marketplace yet, but we know we can do it. Okay. Probiotics are amazing. When you have all of them, they're amazing. So we were able to figure out how to dry it out using pressure, which locks in the fermentation. And as okay. anybody knows anything about fermenting beer or wine, it gets better with age. So we have to put a two-year expiration on our bottle, but it doesn't age. That's okay. the fascinating thing with it. So nobody else has pressure drying. It's our technology. Uh, nobody else has all the strains of microbiology. We have the largest portfolio of microbiology on planet Earth guaranteed because nobody else thinks all of them are what do the job. They think Incredible. the pieces and parts do it. Just like in healthcare, you have a doctor for your back, a doctor for your knees, a doctor for your feet, and they never talk to each other, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a holistic approach that is needed. Okay. So the other thing that sets us apart are these microbes called archaea. In biology, which is where my degree, my first degree is, okay. uh, there's a thing called the tree of life, which is the branches that everything on planet Earth falls into. There used to be two, bacteria and multi-strain, multicellular, like us plants, animals, and fungi. Okay. Uh, 25, 30 years ago, they discovered archaea, and they called them bacteria back then, but they're not. They're their own branch of the tree of life so out of okay. everything that lives on planet earth there's archaea there's over 600 different strains of them even though microbiology thinks there's about 30 we're discovering them every day interesting uh, then there's bacteria then there's multi-strain the archaea survive in lava they find them in molten lava they survive in hot springs the circles around the hot springs are archaea they fluoresce in color. So you see those brilliant blues and brilliant yeah. yellows that are around the hot springs. That's all bazillions of archaea microbes. Wow. They're in the salt flats of San Francisco with those wild, crazy colors, those off greens and those off reddish colors yeah. in the salt flats. That's all archaea. They survive everywhere, but the industry thinks they are just extreme microbes. We found right. out, and I can show you microscope proof, 
These guys are protectors and directors of the microbiome. When we test them with food, so if you put food down on a plate, and my dog is licking me big time. <laughs> so if you put food down on a plate, probiotics will go like wild dogs before they eat the food. Archaea go right to the food. That means there's some intelligence there. They don't think okay. about it. They just go boom. They, they don't smell for it like dogs would do, right? Okay. When we put chemicals down, the probiotics go like wild dogs until they all die, like an antibiotic kills off the probiotic. When you put chemistry down and you put the archaea, they did one of two things. They either went straight to the chemistry or far away from it. And we realized quickly that then when they went to it, they destroyed it. Because when you put it in a mass spec machine after, the chemistry is gone. So if you put archaea down and you put a chemical down, they either went this way or that way. And then we realized it was a numbers game. Okay. If you put extra numbers up, you increase the amount of archaea. They always went to the chemical. And then when we had certain ones tested, we found no chemistry. We found no chemistry afterwards, which means the archaea have the ability to detoxify the environment that they are in. Okay. Okay. We tested not all, but some chemicals, because there's 350,000 chemicals. We tested uh, not all, but some pathogens, as there's a lot of pathogenic bacteria. The archaea, they have the ability to take chemicals and pathogens out. Now, we haven't tested everything. This is not FDA approved and yada, 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 yada. But okay. what we have tested and observed in our own clinics and in our own laboratory is these things will detoxify things in the laboratory. Okay. So in 2018, we started to bottle it up in professional bottle and label and everything and get it onto the marketplace. For three years, we only tested it clinically. So I'll give you some simple examples. When we first got it out, because I travel all the time on from Philadelphia to Tampa and back, I, I got a bunch of people to, to, to take it and I left and I came back the following Wednesday. One of the patients, one of the first patients that I saw said, Doc, I didn't tell you, but I had stomach pain for 15 years every day. Uh, it's gone. And I went, well, what'd you do? Because I forgot, you know, that she was one of the people that, that was the first to take it. She's like, I took one dose of your stuff. Now, everybody doesn't get that response, but okay. I've had multiple people tell me that immediately their stomach starts to feel better taking this stuff. So this is not your typical probiotic to make your tummy feel a little bit better. I'm talking it knocked something out pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, another gal, she had a swollen lymph node on her neck. And uh, she came in, she's like, doc, remember that, that bump on my neck? I'm like, yeah, what happened to it? She's like, uh, I don't know, but I took your stuff four days and it disappeared. And I went, wow, fascinating. So yeah. first I call my scientist up, I'm like, really? He's like, I told you, you put everything in the microbiome in there, they'll figure it out. Plus the archaea microbes. So we are the only company that has archaea microbes in our probiotic. Now we have certain medical okay. doctors trying to tell us it's bad even though you'll find nothing bad about them. Well, you threaten the so, uh, medical industrial complex. Yeah, big time. Uh, but somebody has to, right? Because they're not doing a very right. good job. If you look at the, yes. the WHO statistics from the United States of America, this is pre-pandemic. United States of America was rated last out of all industrialized nations. There's about 44 of them. US was ranked last in, in infant mortality, which is mm -hmm. criminal. And yes. overall health and wellness of adults, which is criminal. That's not a healthcare system. As you said, that's a disease care system. Yes. We spend more money than every other country per person on pharmaceuticals and healthcare, 
period. Nobody even comes in a close second. Mm -hmm. I played sports. I played football. When your stats were high, you got the girl. Everybody liked you. You were popular. (laughs) You go to college. You know, now you can make money doing it. You get into the pros, you make the money, right? Yeah. In healthcare, should it be the same way? If you're really good at your job, you should make the most money. You would think so. But it seems like it's the opposite. If you're horrible at your job, you make the most money. That's how criminal this system is. It makes zero sense and it has to change. Totally agree. Yeah. So let, let's let's get into, well, let me let me explain some other things. So we we kept using this and we had we had foot fungus disappearing on people by taking this thing orally. Um, we realized uh, it will help clear up sinuses. We've had people take it, put it in a neti pot going, my sinuses feel better drinking it. Maybe if I put it up my nose. Well, the nose is the same tissue as your mouth. Right. Right. It's the same tissue. Probiotics need to be up there. People started doing that and sinuses started to clear up. Hmm. Okay. So it, it's when you have all the probiotics here, the archaea, all strains, and it's kept alive by pressure drying it, you get a result that blows people away, not makes them feel a little better. I don't want to make you feel a little better. I want to rock your world, nice. knock your socks off, change your, your, the whole complexity of your life to make you go in the right direction. That's what it means to be truly well. Yeah. Okay. And the name of the product is your biotics because your body does what it needs with it because all of the strains are there. So we just got lucky with the name. It just happened to be a name available. We took it and then everybody seems to get their own individual response to it. Nice. Yeah. So it's fascinating. Um, Our stuff for the land does the same thing for the land. You cannot be healthy by making yourself healthy if you live in a very crappy environment. For sure. So we have probiotics, the same strains in a formula that helps the land. And you just mix this in any type of sprayer or tank or fertilizer tank and let it spray on the land and it regrows the probiotics. Remember I mentioned glyphosate, which the world knows glyphosate as glyphosate. Only in America, they call it Roundup. USPTO patented as a, not an herbicide, but an antibiotic. And remember, I had mentioned earlier, James White, PhD of Rutgers, found that root hairs grow with probiotics. When you take the probiotics out and you sterilize it, no root hairs grow. So all this in Roundup is now 80% of Americans pee it out. 99% of French pee it out. That's the last three years of of studies that have been done, which means it's super saturated in the environment. We no longer have, we have bees dying off. We have people dying off. We have... um, too much pollen around every spring. I don't remember. I'm 53. I don't remember pollen being that bad when I was younger. There's no pollinators. Remember when you would drive down the road in the middle of summer, you would get splat all over the windshield. Yeah. You don't get that anymore. All right. These chemicals are destroying the environment. And if nobody does anything about it, remember my goal in life is to, I got to change this world. I can do it now. I can change land with this stuff. I can change water with another product. I can change human bodies with this. And now we're realizing that blood is starting to change with our probiotic mixtures. Okay. Which is real fascinating. Let me back up a little bit because, you know, we're doing this for Boom America. And uh, it's it's a Kevin Harrington, the original shark from right. Shark Tank. Uh, I met Kevin through back in 2019. I did a, a commercial with him and he interviewed me and he got interested in the probiotics. And my story about going through stage four melanoma and such. And he ended up taking the product. And I said, I'll have to coach you because at that point it was clinical, not out on the marketplace. Gotcha. Now it's on the marketplace. 
but it was clinical. So I said, let me just coach you. I'll just coach you through text message. So he's like, sure, I'll give you my, my, my cell phone. So he told me three weeks or three, within days, he started to notice rumbling and grumbling. And he's done testimonials for me. So this is his actual words. Okay. Three weeks, he said it was 80% better. And after about three months, it disappeared. It was a 40-year gut problem he had. He said it when he was wrestling in high school because of cutting weight and all the stress. Yeah. He got like, he called it a tortious, torsional stomach. It felt like it was a nuts. Yeah. We kicked it. We knocked it out. And uh, he, to this day, doesn't complain about it anymore. He got interested in me at that point. And he said, well, you can do anything for shoulders because he's a golfer. Yeah. And he tore his rotator cuffs in both both shoulders and everything. And so we've done umbilical cord stem cell injections, what I think we have to call them uh, cellular biologic therapy now because of all the rule changes in yes. quote unquote healthcare. Uh, but we've done that to him multiple times, three times, and he's golfing three days a week, loves life. So we're not here to make you feel better, right? We're here to rock your world. And we've so, rocked his world. And that's why you and I are here together today to, uh, to talk about my story. And so I, ironically, I was uh, one of the early guinea pigs uh, for stem cell therapy. Uh, there, nice. there, there was a doctor, uh, University of South Florida, whose family came here after the Cuban Revolution. His, his great-grandfather was locked up by Castro, so on and so forth. And yeah. it's ironic, he had treated a number of professional golf players uh, for things like torn labrums and whatnot. And we ended up, we had a mutual friend and I'd torn the posterior labrum on my left shoulder. Yeah. So uh, he took a hammer and chisel and cracked the iliac crest of my pelvis and extracted 60 cc's of bone marrow. Friend of me, friend of mine who had leukemia at the time, he said, have you ever had a bone marrow extracted? I said, no. He said, well, it's, it's a good time. It's like being electrocuted from the inside out sort of thing. <laughs> and uh, so I was competing 275 at the time, but long story short, uh, they got better than a 10% yield. So about eight cc's of stem cells. And I was so big at the time, they had to use a hip needle to inject it into the socket. And when I went for a follow-up MRI six months later, you could barely see the labrum tear. So yeah. it was, and, and he cut me a deal. It was super expensive back then. I mean, this was cutting edge stuff. It was like $15,000 out of pocket expense, no insurance. And yep. uh, he did it for $5,000 because I let him use my picture and my track record of, yeah. you know, I benched over 600 pounds at the time at under 200 pounds body weight. Cause I nice. competed all the way from 181 pounds to 275 and every weight class in between. So he wanted somebody who was a cement head like me to say, look, we don't just fix golfers. We can actually fix people who really wreck their bodies. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we started that in 2018 as well. We, we became integrated. So I work with medical doctors, nurse practitioners, nice. chiros, massage therapists, estheticians in both of our clinics. And so we've treated almost 200 people and we've seen neurogenic Lyme disease turn around. People that can't Amazing. walk, people in wheelchairs get up. We use umbilical cord stem cells because they're age zero. They don't right. inject in somebody else's body because they are not of the mother or the baby yet okay. until it gets coated by that body when it's put in. Interesting. So it's 100% safe. I've done it a number of times and it's helped my shoulder. It's helped my hip. It's helped my calves. Gave me a boost of energy. When I was 48, I thought maybe that's the top of the hill. Yeah. It started to go this way, right? And then <laughs> yeah. I got a, uh, an IV of, of that stuff and it floored me. Six months, I had so much energy. And so I just Amazing. saw more patients. Nice. So I figured that's, that's my passion is to help other people. Now I can. And now I'm getting to the point now where I can't just go one-on-one -on -one anymore. I have to help change this world. The pandemic woke me up. 
or can we call it the pandemic? It woke me right. up. Yeah. Uh, if good people do nothing, we go nowhere. Yeah. I have technology to change. This will clean up land. This will clean up uh, Superfund sites, toxic Superfund sites. Because remember, the archaea break down chemistry, pathogens, and things like that. So we have well, products that we can turn the land back around, turn bodies back around, turn oceans full of microplastics back around into what we call Eden times. It literally can go back to the way it was. Because when you have everything there, they do the trick. Go ahead. So a uh, question for you. Um, PFAS forever chemicals are very top of mind for us these yep. days. Um, we've lost one dog to cancer. We have two more dogs who have cancer right now, one of whom's on uh, chemotherapy. And our vet is a good friend of ours. And for a couple of years, I've been saying to him, there's something going on here in Ormond Beach. And he kept saying, no, it's breed specific. And I said, my wife and I have had dozens of pit bulls over the years. Not yeah. one of them has ever had tumors, mast cell tumors, sarcomas and, and whatnot. And so we went in approximately six weeks ago. One of our uh, pit bulls had to have his fifth surgery for removing tumors. And he's actually had two more surgeries since then. And I said to him, I said, well, I brought you a bunch of information on the water supply here in Ormond Beach. Please have a look at this. And so he did. And unbeknownst to us, he just lives around the corner, but we hadn't spoken to him in a few weeks. He said, we just lost our five-year-old boxer from brain cancer two wow. weeks ago. And we lost our six-year-old boxer two weeks before that from brain cancer. And wow. so where I'm going with this, the survival prepping community, water's yeah. number one, right? You have to have yeah. water, rule of threes. And yeah, this will clean up water. It'll do that. So the, I had a dog, I had a lab that had testicular cancer that we cured naturally. So that, it kind of yeah, helped me get ready for my own cancer to figure it out because chemistry is a major problem. There's so many cancer causing chemicals. I mean, Roundup is cancer causing. Three court right. cases prove that it causes lymphoma and cancers. So you clean up the chemistry, then that stuff shouldn't happen. Right. You would think so. So, I mean, the reason yeah. that I, I broached the topic was that uh, there's a website, ewg.org. They've been around for 30 years. They have a very. That's what I use to clean myself up. I'm very familiar with the environmental working group. So, yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah, they have a phenomenal database of yeah. water contamination uh, from municipal sources. But when you say and up... lotion, cream, cosmetic contamination, yeah. because most of that stuff is made from oil. It's yeah, all it's, bad chemistry. So yeah, ewg.org is awesome. I love it. It's an amazing resource. And you tweaked me though, when you held up the bag of the probiotics to recuperate the land, because yeah. I, there was an article on EWG at one point in time that said something like upwards of 80% of municipal water supplies have carcinogenic levels of these yeah. forever chemicals. And there was a, a notice in there that said, if you have a private well, that doesn't mean that you're out of the woods. By yeah. their estimation, somewhere around 50% of private wells across the country are contaminated with PFAS chemicals due to chemicals used, you know, in farms and industrial parks where there's been runoff and it's contaminated the surrounding land and now it's in people's wells. Um, yeah. This is a topic that really hits home for us because so I was told, I, you can probably speak to this better than me that somewhere around 99% of the fresh water on this planet, you can drink without getting sick. Uh, and that, you know, about approximately 1% of the fresh water is the stuff that will make you ill. 
And I'm convinced that the majority of people in the water treatment industry are charlatans. They, they're playing the odds that the majority of water that you're going to ingest will not cause any problems, you know, Giardia all the way to cancer sort of thing. Right. And <clears throat> so when we, we get sent a ton of products, like, I mean, a ton of products, maybe yeah. one out of 20 or 30 products that we get sent ever makes it onto any of our mediums, any of our channels. And yeah. we, we threw in the towel on water treatment a little over a year ago because it was all snake oil every single thing they sent us failed and we would spend hundreds of dollars in testing and whatnot and i'm not going to name names we're not in the business of wrecking sure. other people's businesses but there's some pretty big names that have pretty expensive water treatment you know products and all that they would do was maybe lower the alkalinity of hair but didn't touch yeah. anything else yeah and so we gave up on the whole thing until this other business came along and they were really truthful. They said, hey, we've got this product. It's not a panacea, but uh, it's a good extra layer of protection. And yeah. uh, then we got into the whole uh, reverse osmosis stuff with all these PFAS chemicals. They may be dissolved, but they're still a particulate and yeah. can be removed by it. So I'm fascinated by your product now. Um, yeah, it can go into water purification systems. These microbes will live in there. And they will detoxify things. So it can be put into additionally into a system because it's a tube that goes through a media. Yeah. You just mix the powder in some water, dump it in the tube, hook it back up. It'll push it right in there and they'll grow inside that. I've been doing that for probably eight years now. I don't so, get sick. I mean, I travel on an airplane. I did all throughout the pandemic. I travel on an airplane with 250 of my closest friends breathing right. all their air. Yeah, I see on average 70 to 85 patients every day. I'm this far away from them because I wow. grab on and push in yeah. to get the bones to go this way to correct posture, not push this way to throw the body forward. And so I am I am exposed to everything. My wife actually, during the pandemic, she was talking to her sister who works in hospitals. And she says, I, I would love to come down and visit, but I don't want to expose you. She said, <laughs> Jeff exposes us to everything. He's around everything and everybody. Yeah. Let me give a caveat to that because your your listeners need to understand this. Remember the scientific method, right? Yes. You take a theory, you test it, and if it works 10 times out of 10, you can call it science and keep testing and refining. Let's take a look at what they tell us that has infected us the last three years called a virus. Let's look at the right. history of that stuff. The theory of germs called the germ theory it's not called the germ law look it up it's still called the germ theory it started in the 1680s with the invention of the microscope by Antoine von Leeuwenhoek over in okay. Europe they noticed that when people got sick they had snot they put snot underneath the microscope and saw squiggly little things in there and said ah that's what causes it so then they started to test it and they would take snot from a sick person put it in a healthy person's nose but they couldn't make them sick and they kept trying it. So at one point they even questioned if the scientific method was valid because they said, no, this has to cause disease. Look at it. There are squiggly things, tiny little right. squiggly things. <laughs> okay. But they couldn't prove it. So it remained a theory. It should have been thrown out, but some people held on to it. And it was abandoned at one point. In the 1800s, they started with homeopathy. Um, homeopathy by uh, Dr. Hahnemann, which there's a Philadelphia hospital called Hahnemann Hospital, but it does no homeopathy. But okay. homeopathy was around for about 100 years or so, and they preached it's all toxicity and deficiency that causes symptoms, illness, and sickness. 
and they were getting results with people, but they kept on saying, no, 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 germs have to be causing illness, even though they couldn't prove it, right? Okay. In the early 1900s, they invented the electron microscope, so you could see smaller things. Right. So they would take snot out, put it under that microscope, ma- turn up the magnification, and they found smaller particles. And they said, aha, that must be it. Okay. So then they started to run the same tests again and couldn't reproduce people getting sick with all of the polios and, and, and uh, all the different viral things that we've had this okay. past century. They couldn't reproduce disease in a, in a healthy person. Okay. Not even close to, they couldn't even do it with, with less than a percent. So in other words, it's still a theory. It should have been thrown out a long time ago. Something else is at play. And this, your, your audience will love this. If you look at, and this is what I do with most words, is I look at the derivation. Where does it come from? What country? How long ago was it used? And if you look at the word virus, so these guys find little squiggly things and they decide to name it. You would think they would name okay. it some microscopic squiggly little thing that has damage. But if you look at the derivation of the word virus, it means poison and venom. Okay. The derivation. So. If I was trying to name something that I found that was a squiggly little thing, why would I call it poison or venom? See, that, that, that's, that's how my, my question everything thinks is like there's okay. something wrong with this. They can't prove that it exists. It should have been thrown out. But you take polio, for instance. Polio gave you weaknesses in a leg and, mm-hmm. and things like that, problems. They could replicate that with DDT. DDT, okay. which has been outlawed, but it's what yeah. they used to spray the fog yep. on all of the, the wealthier neighborhoods in New Jersey. Yeah. I have patients that live there and they're like, yeah, we used to play in the fog. Yeah. And that would cause similar symptoms, but they blame it on a virus, which okay. means something completely different. Plus, viruses are not alive. Right? They're not alive. They're just a piece of inanimate object that contains DNA or RNA that is found in the snot okay. of people but they're not alive. So how can something that's dead cause all that damage? It's like question everything doesn't make a lot of sense. You can't reproduce it. Therefore, here's what we know. We don't know anything. We don't really know what caused the pandemic. We don't know what causes these diseases and illnesses. All I know is I don't get sick for the last 13 years and I've been taking all of these strains of probiotics in that time period even being on an airplane twice a week during a pandemic and being around all these people. So there's something else going on. So I, be, I, I live my life differently. I treat my property with this stuff. I take this stuff. My family takes this stuff. My patients take it. And we have tens of thousands of people out there now that we started to market it last year. And okay. we get all kinds of responses coming back from people that it's had remarkable changes like with Kevin Harrington. We figured out there's four types of people that require different dosages. You have your mild, your moderate, your toxic, and your super toxic. Okay. A uh, colleague of mine who spent 14 years in Shanghai working and married a, 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 a Shanghainese, a China gal, and they came mm-hmm. down to Florida. It took a year and a year and a half for those two to get cleaned out. Wow. And now they take it and they feel great. Skin cleared up and everything else. So that's nice. super toxic because of living in a super toxic environment. And now with right. 80% of Americans peeing out Roundup, yeah. 99% of French peeing out Roundup. We're all super toxic to a certain degree. Yeah. And you need to do something. Quit spraying it on your weeds. You're killing, you're killing microbiology and poisoning the environment. Yeah. There's something better. 
right? There's something better. This does an eighth of an acre in small areas. This does five acres, this small bag. 17 ounces does five acres because it's super concentrated. Used to be liquid. Now it's so, super concentrated. So, so uh, my wife born and raised in Sanford uh, on a farm back before yeah. Metro Orlando exploded. She got a very green thumb. Uh, she's very in tune to these types of products. Yeah. Uh, from survival dispatches perspective, I'd like to make you an offer that if you send us some of these things, we'll do some tests. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm sure it'll result in, in, in some, uh, you know, additional confirmation of your products, especially yeah. on the water because it hits so close to home for us. Yeah, exactly. I'll be more than happy to do that and work with you guys to get my scientist involved because he'll tell you how to run tests and what to check and things like that. That would because be we've fantastic. we worked all this stuff out. You know, he's been at it for almost 40 years. He's 58. Amazing. He, he, he self-taught, learned all this stuff, you know, in, in, as he says, basic biology in high school. Yeah. And then he just went off on a path of discovery and he's learned so many things that are different than the average person. So he thinks way outside the box. I think outside the box. Uh, you're a Florida guy now, so you should realize that the, the citrus industry is dying. Yes. Because of a bacteria from, they, they call it a bacteria from, from Asia. But uh, I can guarantee it's the chemistry. Um, there's microbiology. Like we have an orange tree that I thought it was a lime tree because it was all green the first year okay. we moved in in 2021. All right. And my wife said, no, it's an orange. It just has a disease. I'm like, that's stupid. So I started hitting it with the, mix this in water and hit it. Yep. And it turned orange the next year. And I didn't know anything about the disease because you wow. know, I'm, I'm not the agriculture guy. I'm the healthcare guy. Yeah. But I'm forcing myself into that because we have to save the the world basically this My, past year was the first year uh florida had to import oranges yeah import i read that oranges. saw that but the farm yeah. that my wife was raised on was primarily a citrus farm yeah. they had groves and groves of orange trees one of the things we're thinking of doing with don man is to literally adopt a farm and fix it to turn it around fantastic so that's, that, idea. that's i have to talk more with uh with bob and and Don and things like that, because he's got this mission show. And that's what yes. I'm thinking of, because they have over in Asia, they, they have the bananas are dying. They, there's a super fungus that was created by fungicide, just like super bacteria are created by antibiotics. Right. And Roundup is an antibiotic. So it's creating all kinds of super bacteria. That's the problem. Microbes will kick out what shouldn't be there. So we've had patients with crazy stomach microbes they get fixed over three, four months of taking this stuff, but it is a process. It's an army. You're putting an gotcha. army. Yeah. This is a small battalion. Six bottles is you're getting into a, an army and then you're yeah. getting into, you know what I mean? It's, it's, you've got to hit these conditions that we're dealing with because like you guys have the, the mission of finding solutions for a dangerous environment, right? Our bodies are a dangerous environment. Our land is a dangerous environment and that's what we do. So this is like a perfect marriage. It's really because, interesting. Yeah, you have to clean up this environment. Uh, in, in Asia, they have to build cement walls around a banana plant so the fungus doesn't jump to keep them alive. Wow. And they still continue to hit them with fungicide, even though that creates super fungi. Mutated. So that industry is going to go. So we'll lose bananas. We'll lose citrus oranges. We're losing bees. You know, we have to turn this thing around and yeah. I'm listening to everything you're saying, you're thinking spinning. to myself that yep. when my wife sees this podcast, yeah, uh, she will probably memorize 
every word on your website. <laughs> this is I've so been talking. We have five countries in Asia we've been talking to, and this is all I do is I want to educate people about what we can do, and then please test. Don't take my word for it. Test it. Yeah. So we have five countries in Asia testing our product. They're gonna buy eventually because they realize that the synthetics, the fertilizers, are the problem. Mm -hmm. They salt up in the soil. In yeah. China, they're using four to six times more fertilizer on their soil to get anything to grow. And the soil is dying. Now they can't even sell the food because it tastes horribly. And that, and you know? you know, before the Chinese industrial revolution, you know, which essentially kicked off in the eighties because we gave them all of our IP, China's yeah. a, a country of farmers. Yeah. That's, that's their history. And they're they're struggling. country farmers. Yeah. And, and all of the runoff because See, what happens is fertilizer gets into the soil. Fertilizer is like cocaine to the plant. Okay. It makes it grow fast and green, but it's weak. And weakness invites in pathogens. Their job is to just break it back down into the ground to start again. They're not a pathogen. They're just doing their job. Everything in gotcha. the microbiome has a job to do. If you are eating McDonald's and drinking and smoking every day, these microbes are going to be like, well, we might as well just kill him, put him back into soil and find somebody else because this isn't working. They actually analogy. do that. We've, we've noticed their numbers will go down in, in, in sample, you know, body samples if people continue wow. to do that. Because they're that, smart. Yeah, they're going to get in there and go, let's clean this up. This is our, see, this is what happens when you put all the microbiome into a body it's, or the land. It's their new home. If the home was just flooded like mine was and it's full of mold and everything else, do you think they're going to procreate? No, they're going to go clean it up. So here's That's a what question. they do. If it's toxic, they clean it up. If it's pathogenic, they clean it up, restore it, and then they start to repopulate. And so, so super toxic people have to be cleaned up before they get a result. Yeah. Bad land has to be cleaned up before you start seeing the result. Soil sample, and I can show you all the testing, soil sample goes through the roof. All the soil starts to get teeming with microbiology and cleaning up, and it just shows testing. You may not see it above but you'll see it down below with testing. So here's a question yeah. from a layman. Yes, sir. Is, is there a relationship here with the parasitic stuff? I mean, Dr. Yeah. Jason Dean from Brave TV, a close friend of mine, yes. and, and he specializes in, you know, parasitic treatments. And, yeah. and he's, he's pretty good at what he does. What's the relationship? How does this tie together? So when you have everything in the microbiome, if you go out into a forest, that's where our probiotics come from. Archaea, they come right. from other crazy places too, but you still find them in the forest. When everything is in a forest, even in the middle of a drought, the forest is still good. The animals are still healthy. You go into a forest, it smells good. Yeah. You know, yeah. it keeps on going when it has everything there. It doesn't have problems. When you take those plants and you put it in rows and you hit it with fertilizer and you hit it with herbicide, which okay. is an antibiotic called Roundup. Right. And the soil salts up. So all that fertilizer becomes salt and it's not available. The microbes grab it, break it down and put it into the root system. Okay. We now know that the, the roots actually cultivate and farm microbes. They eat microbes because they get nutrition from it. So they make the microbes come to the roots and okay. the microbes help grow the roots and extensions to keep the thing growing because they'll digest the microbes. Okay. It's fascinating. They're supposed to be there. Roundup is killing the microbes off. The roots shrink. Then you get erosion because there's no roots to hold yeah. on to the soil. So it erodes off into the lakes, rivers, and streams. And then you get red tide. You get yeah. algae-filled ponds and 
and lakes and everything else, every farm in America has got algae. And they have to hit mm. it with chemistry to try to get rid of the algae. When all you got to do is get microbes to take the nitrogen out of the algae and throw it back into the atmosphere where it's 78% of the atmosphere. Okay. You don't need to fertilize. Nitrogen is 78% of the atmosphere that we breathe. Why do you have to put it in the soil? Explain well, that one to me, um, agriculturalists. Yeah. They make it out of oil-based products and they're just pushing oil into there. And yes, okay. it makes things grow, but it grows sick. It's cocaine to the plant. It makes it, woo, love and life. This is awesome. Woohoo. But it gets sick <laughs> like cocaine would make you sick or crack or whatever. Okay. I've never taken them myself. I don't know, but I've seen people yeah. go downhill and spin taking that stuff. It's no good for plants, animals, people, period. You need to use the microbiology that makes roots grow. Then you don't get erosion. Microbes break salt down. So we have a test going in New Caledonia with high salt and nickel content. They're testing our product and they're going to see the salt will break down and the nickel will break down. Why? Because they can't grow food. And now in this environment, they have to import everything. That does not make them very sovereign and, and able to prep and survive. So they're looking to solve that problem in a foreign country. And we have a solution for that. Go ahead. Well, so correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I commonly refer to our healthcare as sick care. It is sick care. Uh, you know, we we pile on all these different drugs to treat symptoms without getting to the root of the cause. It it kind of seems like you're saying the same thing when it comes to the land, that we've got all these chemicals that treat the symptoms, but the underlying problem, you know, not only are yeah. they not addressing the underlying problem, they're causing the underlying problem. Well, what happens if you eat the plant that's grown in synthetics and herbicide, pesticide, fungicide? Well, you can't you wash that stuff off. You become you a get disciple. It into your system. You become yeah. a disciple of Bill Gates. That's what happens. Yeah, you. big time. <laughs> Don't get me started. <laughs> Computers have viruses. Put the connection there. Yeah, there you go. I like it. Good connection. Yeah. All so, right, Jeff. Yeah, and let's let's get back to the blood because this is something yeah. we just discovered two months ago. So um because I don't get sick and I'm now meeting all these frontline type of doctors and I'm getting into these circles, I've had a number of doctors in Tampa find out about me and say, hey, come on over. We test blood every every couple months. They do it in their clinics. Come here, buddy. I think he really needs to chase something like a <laughs> rabbit or a gecko down here. Those, those Yeah, for sure. So they invited me to come to one of their meetings that they had in one of the local clinics down here. And I came in and uh, I came in on a Sunday and I'm tired after seeing, two, I see 200 to 250 patients between Wednesday evening, all day, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday morning. So I'm wow. exhausted by the time I get on an airplane like and come down and, and sleep and everything. So Sunday is like my half, at least I half rest that day to kind of catch okay. up. And I was tired and exhausted and they said, well, let's check your blood. And they checked my blood and I can, here, let me pull it up on the, uh, the other iPad. And I'll show it to you. So they checked my blood, and here's what it looked like. So this is dark field microscopy. Okay. And that's red blood cells with, with some white looking white blood cells. Okay. And they're all separated. They look normal. They said, hey, this looks like 18 year old blood. And I went, thank you. I never had my blood checked, so I didn't know. Right. Okay. And they said, well, what are you doing? And I do a number of things. Obviously, at 53 to survive cancer. And, and survive pandemics and everything else. I've learned 
some really deep, deep secrets about how to get this thing going, which is what I'm marching into the environment, into the population with these solutions. Okay. And so I said, well, microbes have been part of my daily routine, all the microbes for 13 years. So, but Stephen said, well, we have this water clean up microbiology that has all strains plus plastic eaters, nitrogen and glutamate eaters that break down glutamate because glutamate's involved in coagulation. Okay. Plastics are showing it up in the bloodstream, which I'll get to in a second. Okay. And um, yeah, and, and also nitrogen's involved in, in coagulation as well. Right. So when you balance out the nitrogen, get rid of the glutamate, then blood cells will, will fall apart. So that's our theory. This has not been tested by the FDA. It's just, I had my blood checked and they went, what are you doing? Because we've never seen. They said two years ago, everybody's blood started to change, whether you were jabbed or not jabbed. They said okay. everybody's blood started to change. Plastic-like structures started to show up. Hydrogel-looking things started to show up that weren't there. For, and these guys have been doing it for 25, 30 years. They said all mm -hmm. of a sudden, all their patients' blood started getting sluggish. And it didn't matter if it was mild, moderate, severe conditions. They all started to get coagulated and sluggish. What have we seen in the last three years? Elite athletes dropping dead of heart attacks around yeah. the world. Yeah, 18-year-olds uh, having heart attacks. NFL players dropping over on, on, on the field. Yep. Unheard like of that. stuff previously. Yeah, unheard of stuff. So it coincides with what these guys have been finding. And they've been getting together, all of them, for, for six times a year, trying to test things on the blood to see what would, would, would help fix it. So they invited right. me to see if I knew anything. Because the only thing that helped was a liquid version of probiotics that I know about because I've been selling it for 15 years. Okay. So I got interested. I figured, well, let's try our stuff. So Stephen, my scientist, said, take the, the water cleanup powder. It's all edible. We just have yeah. it specifically because it'll clean up plastics, algae, and waterways. Okay. So we mixed some up, put it in water. We tested the blood. Let me, I'll show you. One of the doc's wives is 70 years old. So let me show you her blood. And this was her blood. This is what I mean by coagulated blood. Wow. You can see nothing separate. Yeah. Everything is just junked together. And she was tired and, and sluggish and exhausted, even though she eats clean and does everything organically and everything else. She okay. was still feeling like a 70 year old sluggish and everything. And so people will doctors will be complacent. Oh, you're 70. I go, nah, that's silly. There's got to be a way to fix it. If my blood at 53 looks like an 18 year olds, let's yeah. give you some of this powder. So she drank it. Now this needs more testing. It's okay. not FDA approved, but this is Fair our enough. observation, right? So let me throw up the one right after that. This is what her blood looked like in five minutes. Holy cow. Crazy. It's it, like I said, glutamate, nitrogen, and microplastics are involved in coagulation. So when microbes wow. start to break that stuff up, it'll start to change right away. Now, not Amazing. everybody has responded like this, but we're still sure. figuring out the population, the dosages, how it, there has to be mild, moderate, toxic, super toxic involved. So we're still working on that to figure it out, which we will. Yeah. But these are what we're finding. So they looked at that. They all looked at me and went, oh, my God, we've never seen a change like that. And I got excited. It validates me, right? I didn't know. For any sure. I'm just taking it because 70% of my immune system is in my gut. And if the forest has hundreds of millions of strains, I'm going to take that over. Here's what they do in, in, in microbiology. They take a healthy person's colon, scrape it, rectum and colon, and then culture those microbes. <laughs> really sometimes they get it from ferments from nature but they do do 
scrapings of colons. They call it a colon transplant. Okay. Because a healthy person has all these microbes. Let's just put it in the next person. I'd rather get it from mother nature, culture it, dry it out, give it to people. And uh, yeah. So let me show you some more things that we found that day. Here is another person's blood. This is called Rouleau. You can see the stacking of the blood cells, like coins. That's called Rouleau. But what is that thing in the middle, that white long thing? Looks like a guitar. (laughs) It does. Right? I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, it just, it, it shouldn't be there but we noticed it in there. We don't know exactly what it is because we don't have the testing equipment. We'll eventually get it so we can test these things. Here's another one that showed up. So you'll see more stacking of the blood cells, but look at that thing. What What is is that? that? Yeah. Now I blew it up and I can actually blow it up on here and you'll see grid lines in it. It's synthetic. Can you see the grid? Holy cow. Yeah. It's synthetic tubule of some sort that's in the bloodstream. Wow. Right? And these doctors are like, Jeff, we didn't see this two years ago. It just started happening. They've tested local water supplies and sometimes find these things in, but not all. They've tested bottled water. Some has these things in it, but not all. So we don't know where it's all coming. Probably food, maybe air. I don't know. We'll figure it out eventually, but at least we have something that can start to show positive results with it. And we just have to keep doing more testing, but we're actually, we're, we're, we're dialing in one specifically for this type of problem and we'll get it on the marketplace soon. And I'll, I'll let you know as soon as we have it ready. That, that's you amazing. Know? Absolutely it, amazing. Yeah, let me show you some more. This, it, this is interesting. It is. Now we'll go back to this one. So these things that people, that big glob looking thing, people yeah. will call them in the industry. That's an air bubble. Okay. okay? It could be, we don't know. But they call it an air bubble. But these doctors told me we didn't see that two years up until two years ago. These guys have been doing it for 25 years. They know how to prepare slides yeah. and everything else. But this stuff started to show up. Now, Arkea, if you remember, have a signature color fluorescence, okay. blues and yellows and reds and off colors and things like that. Uh, the ones that are in lava, we found out they actually produce heat. That's how they survive in it because they produce it. Ones okay. that are in salt flats, because nothing grows in salt, right. but they produce and take away salt. So in New Caledonia, where they have salty land, these microbes will take the salt out. They'll break it down because they okay. control it. Interesting. Right? That's the fascinating thing about it. Now, so we, we have people drink this stuff with the archaea and all the microbes in it. And then we start seeing these things start to happen. And people still call these air bubbles. But does that look like an air bubble to you? No, it does not. And they watch these things collapse inward. And you see the, the, the pinkish, reddish hue around it? Yes. That's the archaea signature. Let me go back to this other one. That's what they all look like coming out of the blood. They have yellow. Okay. Right? And then it starts to change. And remember, the archaea will take it out if it shouldn't be there. Right. And that's where it starts to show. So that's their signature that they okay. glow. Let me pull up a microscopic image of just our, our your biotics product and I'll show you let me find it on this thing this is this gets me super excited because I you know you never see things like this ever let me find recents and shared iCloud drive here we go so I've got to get to my next meeting in about uh, six minutes 
Gotcha. Well, let me show you really oh, quickly when we moved. Yeah. When we I'll, moved into our. I'll edit yard. this little bit out, by the way. Yeah, no problem. So this was our yard when we moved in. This is Florida, sandy soil. Okay. Looked like a desert. So I put the microbes on with a handheld sprayer. And one week later, just have to load up the image. It's on the iCloud drive. Here's one week later. You can see it starts to turn green. Quite a difference. The microbes yep. go in there and start to do things. And I'll show you, people won't believe this, but we only put one dose on in a month. And this is what it did from May to June. Wow. Now, this land wasn't all that bad. It wasn't hit hard. The previous owners told us that they sprayed Roundup on weeds in the in the, the pavers, okay, but not throughout the whole land and everything. So it was pretty decent. It floods, so you get some nature into it. The yard does and things okay. like that. It flooded too much uh, with Hurricane Adalia. That's why the house got hit. So yeah. we're fixing that right now. But we get some pretty cool changes with that. It just makes everything work better because you're putting all that mother nature back into it i'm telling you my so wife me, is going to go crazy when she sees this podcast here's a thermal image okay in, okay. in a golf course in in september in in south carolina it's hot yeah just like it is in florida for sure the thin grass on the greens gets destroyed because it's thin there's no covering yeah. or canopy yeah the long grass has a canopy so what happens is you get hot reeds on the thin grass and okay. cooler reeds on the thicker grass. Makes right? sense. We put our product just on the greens and we flipped it. So this is what I mean about they protect the microbiome. Okay. So you'll see the greens yep. are all green, not red hot. Yeah. So this was in three days later. That's what I mean about the microbes protect the environment. They make it last longer, more, and things like that. Here is, I'll load up some video so you can see. This one's good too. This just takes a couple, you know, 30 seconds to load up because yeah, I no haven't problem. used this iPad. No but you'll see on the microscope what these things look like so I can show you what they do. This got us excited because you see that glowing on the microscope that you usually don't see. Pause that one. Let's get this one to load up real quick. Good. So this is our land-based probiotic okay. on the microscope within a minute of mixing it in water. Let me scroll ahead so you can see if it lets me, okay. So you'll see all of these critters flying around inside there. Okay. You see that? Yeah. So that's all that microbiology going from a powder into liquid and it immediately turns it on because we figured out how to get these things to, to go. And there's plant-based minerals, fulvic, humic acid-based crystals, plant-based crystals that give minerals. Okay. So the microbes have something to feed. So now let me show you the urobiotics because that's the one I just loaded up after this. Okay. It's still loading because this, this gets me excited because that's why you get this energy boost when you take it, because these guys have electrostatic measurable charge. These are Kia. Okay. So they put charge into the environment. So somebody that, that needs extra energy, those electrons are going to fly into the nervous system. <clears throat> that, that's fascinating. You know, I, 
as I mentioned, I mean, I've trained for, trained for many <laughs> years and competed on a world-class level. Yeah. And, you know, for people who haven't, you know, necessarily competed or trained on a regular basis, they don't realize the importance of the central nervous system. And, you know, I'll say to people, have you ever, you know, you had a great night's sleep, your diet was good, you're looking forward to going to the gym today, you felt like you were going to crush it, and you got under the weight, and you were just flat. And I've heard, you know, many people said, yeah, I've had that happen. I said, okay, have you ever had a situation where you, you didn't sleep very well, you didn't eat very well, your stress level was off the chain, you got to the gym, and you started setting PRs left, right, and center, and people were like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And my explanation to them in layman's terms is, well, your central nervous system was firing on all cylinders. And, you know, when you're competing for an event, it's typically a 12 week prep cycle. And realistically, you're not getting any stronger over the course of 12 weeks, but you're conditioning your central nervous system to fire hard and fast. And, you know, because it takes years and years to build lean muscle mass. I mean, best case scenario, your doctor, even if you're doing everything right, you might make five, six, seven pounds of lean muscle mass gain per year. And it's, it's a long haul, right? But in that 12 weeks, if you put yourself under increasingly heavier loads, your central nervous system gets conditioned to it and fires like crazy. So. so Yeah, that's, that's how I can get 80 to 90 patients in a day and not break a sweat. And the young guys that I'm training are sweating after two. Oh, you know, yeah. You must work out all the time. I'm like, yeah, I do on 80 patients a day. That's my workout. <laughs> right. I don't have anything left in the gas tank after that. You know? Yeah, that's amazing. And here's the biotics. So this is this is the biotics. Okay. And I'll send this to you as well. But this Great. is on the microscope. And you'll see the glowing of the microbes. Yeah. So they're all wiggly and squiggly and they're all glowing. Yeah. So the archaea are on average nine times smaller than bacteria. Okay. So they can go around the bacteria and uh, as we like to say, they just hook up, hold hands, surround, put energy into that bacteria and tell it what to do and protect it from the outside world. You can actually put the combination of this stuff with antibiotics. And if there's enough of this stuff there, the bacteria won't die in antibiotics. Amazing. That's, that's fascinating stuff because we've, we've gotten access to some, some university labs every once in a while. We'll get in there and we'll start to play with some of the equipment that they have. And that's how we get some of this data. Now, we haven't had it thoroughly tested yet. So there were more tests need to be done. But we're a brand new company, basically. You know, we've only been selling this stuff in clinics since 2018 and, and launched it last year online. So we have enough people using it and getting results. And uh, yeah, it's part of growing this thing, as you know. So speaking of that, where can people find your products online? Uh, DR West, which is me, approved.com. DRWestapproved.com. Okay. That has your biotics, your lawn and garden probiotics, these two products. Okay. Plus, it has nutrition, hair care, and skin care that you can mix our probiotics in the hair care and skin care and get it into your system that way. And it doesn't go bad. This is another thing on the industry is we're actually going to start making products because they can't get freeze-dried probiotics to last in skincare. It molds up. Okay. Okay, here's why. And people always always are confused. This. Everything in the microbiome has a purpose. One microbe eats something, okay. digests it, secretes a what they call postbiotics, which is something that benefits the home, the microbiome. Okay. And then they poop. The next microbe will eat the poop if it's there secrete a postbiotic, something benefit, and poop. And the next okay. one grabs the poop, 
secrete something, benefit, and poop. And if you have three strains, guess what'll happen? Poop builds up. Right. Because the three will keep eating the things that they eat, and the last one will, will poop out, and nothing is there to grab it and eat it and digest it. If you have all of the strains of microbiome there, they will figure it out. And they make things that benefit. So we have stuff in jars of cream that we sell for now almost eight weeks, no mold. And we're working with a, a, uh, a company down here in St. Petersburg, Florida, that has never seen that before. And they want to get a probiotic into different products, but they can't make it work. And then they saw us and they're doing testing on it. And they'll see exactly what I saw because I did it the same day they tested it. So I can show them my test with theirs, but they're already going. We've never seen anything like this before. So more testing is needed, but we're, we're heading in that direction. But that's how the microbiome works. So people go, archaea are bad because they produce methane. I'm like, yeah, but there's a microbe that eats methane. And if you have it in there, you don't get a methane problem. And there's medical doctors speaking out now that I'm out there. They're sure. speaking out against archaea, saying <clears throat> they produce methane and that's bad for the body. I'm like, yeah, if you only have that strain in there, they're going to produce methane and then you run into problems. In human waste, we can break human waste down, release the methane that's pure, capture it. You got propane. It can be used like that. If you right. have the right, we're, we're doing a, a, t- a study in Southern Delaware because we know an engineer and we know he, who knows that industry. And we're trying to figure out a, a simple tank system that we can take human waste, turn it into methane, turn it into oil, because it's probiotics that make oil. They're not fossil fuels. Okay. Probiotics make oil. It's reproducing. Yeah. So they will make oil out of human waste. And what is left, you can actually mine metals because human bodies are full of silvers and golds and Mm. nickel and aluminum and everything else. You can mine metals out of human waste because there are microbes that'll bind to certain metals. And then you can use magnets to pull them out. And then what you're left with is diatomaceous earth, which is something that is produced in nature by microbes. And all that can be done in human waste, which we're working on. We can do super fun sites the same way because microbes will break the, the, the PFOAs, the, the, you know, the perfluoro, you know, what I'm talking about, those, those lasting chemicals. Yeah, forever It takes chemicals. time and effort, but you can do it. Yeah, it, uh, there's a company called Home Biogas that uh, mm-hmm. targets the restaurant industry yeah. where you, you take the table scraps, you put them into this thing and it converts it into gas and then it, it uh, is used to heat water. So your yeah. typical restaurant pays nothing for hot water once they hook up one of these units because the table yeah. scraps are enough to do it. We have a way we've worked out that can take waste from landfill and break it all down with high heat microbes. Remember, archaea produce heat. They live in hot right. springs and lava. They will break it down using high heat. That heat can be con- captured, spin a turbine, create enough electricity to run parts of a city and the whole thing itself. And what you get left over are microbes that will enhance asphalt, that are, that are, are polymer-type microbes that will make polymers, like this stuff I alluded to about being bulletproof. And, yeah, and yeah. That's what those <laughs> things do. And so microbiology is fascinating. And there's microbes. You can make plastic-like structures out of microbes. You can make, um, you know, it's shooting ranges, all the, all the discs, yep. you know, the birdies or whatever they shoot up. You can make that out of microbes. It'll blow apart and then break down when it rains and Amazing. make everything grow good instead of having all this waste that builds up. There's so many things that can be done 
we know we can do it. We just need further testing and we need further investing and things like that to bring these to the market. You know, it's, so it's, it's I mean, fascinating. Fascinating is the word. Yeah. <laughs> no question about it. So listen, Jeff, uh, looking forward to uh, testing your products. I'm sure they'll yep. uh, pass with flying colors. I'm really looking forward to showing yeah. those to my wife. Um, yeah. Awesome. This is so up her alley, uh, but I'll be in touch soon. Yeah. Really appreciate your time, Jeff. Well, thank you for coming. Love on it. The appreciate your time, buddy. Great meeting you. And yeah, well, I'll get you some stuff soon. I'll right. hook up with you with email. We'll get all everything we need to do to get everything set up there. Thank all you right? very much. Appreciate it. Awesome. Appreciate right. it. Thank Thanks, you. Jeff.